with 45 attempts in different pre-selections around Europe and maybe hundreds and hundreds of submitted songs, Michael James Down has spent a big part of his life trying to reach Eurovision. According to Wikipedia, he has competed in 11 countries since 2012, but never reached our beloved contest. What's the truth behind all these songs? How many more countries has he tried to compete in and which Eurovision singers have tried the songs? We will get full access to hear how the demos were presented, how the tensions are between composers in various national finals and if it's fair or foul play. This is Eurovision Legends and I'm your happy reject, Evi Löfström. Welcome to Eurovision Legends, Michael James Down. Hey, hey Emil. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah? Yeah, all good, all good. Just in the south of Spain. It's actually kind of cloudy today, so it doesn't really feel like it, but yeah, things are good. You're in Spain, right? Yeah, I live um, just outside Malaga uh, on the Costa del Sol. So yeah, I've been here a few years. Um, I've lived here probably in total back and forward seven, six or seven years, so yeah. I know you are a Eurovision fan, just like me. Oh yeah, like the biggest Eurovision fan, like totally obsessive. And I know <laughs> you have tried to compete there. Yeah, many, many times, yeah. For over the last 10 years, we've tried a lot of times, yeah, but never quite got there. Before we dig into your little treasure of songs, I would like to begin with some quick questions to get to know you better and your taste. Cool, let's go. Name drop three songs from Eurovision history you really love. Uh, my favorite is uh, Celine Runaway. Just run away to the stars. Just run away till you're high enough. I will be waiting above. Uh, I love Katrina and the Waves, Love Shine a Light. And we're all going to shine a light together. Let me think, let me think. I love Vivo Cantando, Spain. Who should have won Eurovision but didn't? <laughs> Who should have won? Celine. Celine, definitely. Best singer vocally in Eurovision. Wow. Best singer vocal. Celine Dion. Worst dress singer in Eurovision. Celine Dion. <laughs> <laughs> Best song from Ireland in Eurovision. Oh, there's so many, so many, so many. Um, probably Why Me by Linda Martin. Why me? I look at you and I get to feel me. Worst song from Ireland in Eurovision. Uh, the turkey song Dustin Duspa or something Ireland Duspa composer that has inspired you the most the composer that has inspired me the most probably Thomas Gason favorite year in Eurovision and why uh, 2002 because it's the first contest where 
I didn't have any like run up to it in terms of know anything that was really happening. But then just I heard about it from a TV magazine on the day it was of of the show, you know, the Saturday. And I watched it that night by myself uh, in my mum's living room. And I was just like, oh, my God, I've arrived. This is just amazing. So that was my favorite, 2002. Favorite country in Eurovision besides Ireland? Uh, Sweden. Who do you wish to take part again in Eurovision? Charlotte Pirelli. Who do you not wish to see again on a Eurovision stage? Oh, quite a lot. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. Which artist from Eurovision would you like to compete in Eurovision with a song composed by you, besides Dustin the Turkey? <laughs> Charlotte Pirelli. Which of your own competing songs do you like the least? The one I like the least? Or maybe, do I cringe at any? No, I don't really... I don't really have one I dislike so much. No, I don't really have one. Which song has been sent the most times before it was picked by a country? I, let me think. Maybe... You know, what usually happens is that the songs that get picked aren't sent around that much, actually. It's normally the ones that are sent around eight or nine times, the ones still on all of our writers, all the writers' hard drives, you know? So I don't, I I, coming off the top of my head, I actually can't think of an answer for that either. Which country do you prefer to compete in? Out of all of the countries I've competed with or, or been part of, um, there's a lot of different, you know, each country has a different reason. I guess the one with the most hype that I've ever done was maybe Finland doing, you know, UMK. It was fun. Last question. Which artist from Eurovision would you not like to work with? Uh, I'd work with anybody. I mean, unless they're, you know, until they work with me and I get a bad vibe or something bad happens, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to work with anybody. Great, you survived the first part. <laughs> cool. Usually I, I say good and let's move on, but this time I have some follow-up questions. I wonder, you said here before, and, and I know it from, from before, that you really love Anna Salin and the song Runaway. B- f- favorite Eurovision song ever, hands down, easily, yeah. Have you tried to work with her? Yeah, I contacted Anna about uh, whatever year, whenever, I think it was maybe two or three years ago, when Victor Krohn did Estilao. 2019. 2019. Yeah, I'm going to get the years mixed up, by the way, so you can help me with that. I think it was that year they announced they were allowing for, or foreign singers again. And I remember as soon as the broadcasters announced the deadlines, I am like straight into thinking, right, let me read the rules. Let me see how is this going to work. And that year, I was like that morning that the, the rules came out. I, I remember I was like first thing in the morning, I just messaged Anna Selena. And I was thinking maybe she won't get back to me, but she did. And she was like, um, yeah, I really want to do this. I really want to do this. She was so excited. And then obviously, you know, I sent her demos and she liked a few things, but actually what she really wanted to do at the time, I think, and is still doing now is writing her own stuff. And um, at the time, it, I know maybe it was a short deadline or maybe she rethought it and didn't want to do it with us that year. I don't know. But whatever happened, we kind of just, that kind of fizzled out and we didn't, we didn't work on it. But I'm still in contact with her and um, she seems like such a nice girl too. So I hopefully, hopefully we'll do something with her sometime. Great. I'm very excited about this since we have 45 songs here that you have competed with. <laughs> and I believe and hope we are not going to talk about them all because no. that would be an extremely long episode and we would <laughs> die of old age. But we are yeah. going to talk about many of them. 
where yeah. you have something to reveal and tell us. And please help me out here because I know every song is co-written with other composers and I will not mm-hmm. have knowledge about which songs are composed by who. But I mm-hmm. do know that all these 45 songs have two things in common. And the first mm-hmm. is you. And the second is mm-hmm. that it didn't reach Eurovision. Yeah, that's true. Shall we begin with 2012? Yeah, let's go. Because that year, you competed in the Romanian pre-selection with the song This Must Be Love. Mm-hmm. Was this the first time you tried out to reach Eurovision? It was, yeah. 2012 uh, was the first year that I thought, okay, let's let's try this. Let's see if we can... I mean, at the time, it wasn't even about getting to Eurovision. At the time, it was being a Eurovision fan who just, you know, finished like studying music. And as a child, I always did musical theatre and things like that. And I... And I, at the time, it was just, I just want to get a song to a national final, just for the kind of pleasure of that. And, you know, it was the start of my songwriting career too. So it was very innocent and not, there was no big master plan. But yeah, so um, I actually met, uh, when I went, I went to Eurovision in 2010, Oslo, and I went to Eurovision in Dusseldorf, 2011. And when I was at, uh, when I was in Dusseldorf, I met a guy called Primoz Poglayan. Yeah. Uh, I work with to this day. We run a music company called High Key Music with Will Taylor. But back then, literally, I met him on Euroboat. We were just there. We were dancing and we were like, then I just remember like saying, hey, what are you doing? And he was like, yeah, I'm doing this and I write songs. And I was like, oh, that's funny. I'm writing a few songs to it. And I'd only just started that. And um, we were like, do you want to do it together? Do you want to try and get a song to like Eurovision? And a month later, I moved to Madrid um, for us to work on that because he lived in Madrid at the time. So after we went back home from Eurovision, uh, we kept in contact and we were like, okay, let's do this. So I moved to Madrid where he was living and we just wrote songs. And that, yeah, we we sent them around and one of them got picked by a a singer in Romania called Anna Mardari. And uh, yeah, we got into the Romanian national final. And for a a Eurovision fan like me, it was so cool because my favorite song that year was Mandinga's uh, Zalilea. How many countries did you send songs to, you think, that year? That year, I think we definitely, well, we definitely sent to Romania. We sent to Malta. Uh, did we do one other, maybe? Maybe one other, but nothing. We didn't send anything to Norway or Sweden or Denmark. None of, like, the major, you know, the, fo- the big followed national finals. It was just kind of a small thing, you know, back in 2012. Yeah. Shall we take a listen to the song with Anna Mardare on vocals? Yeah, go for it. the demo when the when she first heard it right oh my god cringe yeah <laughs> i actually just i just listened to it the first time for the first time in years honestly years maybe like eight seven or eight years this morning and my voice even as like when you're a writer obviously you know a lot of you'll find that most writers will use their voices on demos if they can sing but most can i think and uh when i listened to it i was like oh my goodness i i was doing it in such a, like a musical theater big kind of opera style but you know and think and that's now now i don't sing like that at all anymore but yeah it's just it's nice to see how far things things have come I, so it's it's interesting to me also that she she picked the song 
with a vocal that I now kind of go, oh, that's so bad. So she must have heard something she liked, which, you know, it's great. But darling, you have nothing to be ashamed of. I've heard this demo and it's it's good. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, I think I'm just the most probably self-critical person you'll ever talk to in your life. So <laughs> every, everything, everything's going to be bad to me, you know. <laughs> Shall we let the listeners hear a snippet of the demo? Sure, go for it. Lift me high, I feel alive in every moment passing by. With every kiss, with every touch, I'm in heaven, baby. The risks we're taking, the mistakes we're making. On the road to our sweet paradise You know we don't have to think twice With you by my side It only gets better and nothing else matters When you hold me close You know the world just stops for us When you talk to me, baby When we touch like lovers do Sure enough, this must be love you have nothing to be ashamed of here. It's great. Thank you very much. When it's your like full-time job and then you hear things from years ago, it's just like, whoa. But actually, this morning I cringed a bit, but I think maybe when I heard it even two years after we did it, I probably was a bit more like that. But today, as I'm getting older, I'm a bit like, no, no, it's just, that's just what it was like. You know how you sang when you were younger, I suppose. But yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. The success never happened and your composition got zero points. What a great start. Did it? Did it get zero points? I actually didn't know that. Oh, so did it? Yeah. I, I, but but did, I think we came, didn't come last though, right? We came out of 15 songs, we maybe came 13th or something? Or did we come last? I believe two songs got zero points. So, ah, so... so we came like 14th with zero. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> we didn't watch that national final because it was the same night as the final in Globin of Melody Festival. And I was there with all my friends. Oh, uh, Primoz was there, Anders Rienkvist. Hello, Anders, if you're listening. Um, we were all there, and instead of watching that national final, we went to Globin. We shook hands with Molly and Danny as they were going out to sing and just danced about. And then when we came back, we checked the results. And nobody, we weren't even disappointed. We were just so happy to even be part of it, you know? Yeah. I remember it was just it was just like, okay, that was so cool to do. We'll try it again next year. So, yeah. Yeah, because despite the low placing, it didn't stop you. Because the year after 2013, you competed in five different countries. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you remember yeah. them? Yeah, I do. And I remember 2013. There's been maybe three years over the past 10 years where it's it's, it's been really full on, the, the Eurovision kind of thing. But yeah, that year we did Latvia, Mo- Moldova, Romania, uh, is Iceland, sorry. And uh, what's the fifth? Is it Malta? Hungary. No. What? Hungary. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. We did Hungary. So, and it was, I think we did quite well that year. We came second in Latvia by like, they, they used to put the televotes up on screen. On this, on the second round of voting, we were like, I think when they closed it, like something like sixty or seventy votes or something behind the eventual winner. So it was very, very tight. So that was good. And then in Iceland, you know, voting wise, we came third there. So it was good. Yeah, that was a good year. Where shall we begin? Maybe the song you had the highest hopes for. Are you asking me which one I had the highest hopes for? Yeah. Or you, yeah. I guess actually that was it. Would have well, there was two. It would have been um, Birgitta's song in Iceland, Birgitta Hauptdol's song in Iceland, or Samantha Tina's song "I Need a Hero." Yeah. I thought either one of those could maybe do it. Shall we begin with the song in Iceland? Yeah. Cool. Let's go. Birgitta Hauptdol competed with the song. Uh, she participated before for Iceland in 2003 with the song "Open Your Heart." Mm-hmm. We 
we take a listen to Birgitta's song. love this song. I heard it in 2013 and I hoped it would win. Oh, thank and you. today I got the honor to hear the demo idea that you <laughs> la 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 on. Mm-hmm. And I'm astonished how it made me feel. First of all, I got goosebumps and I get the feeling without you saying a word. Yeah, it's, well, it's funny because Again, that song uh, we I wrote in Sweden, actually. It was Jonas Gladnikov, myself and Primoz. We, st- we and Primoz went to visit Jonas. I don't know why we were there, whether it was for Melody Festival or maybe just... I remember 2013, 14, I was in Sweden like four or five times a year. And we all a lot of the time, Jonas would just be like, yeah, come stay at, our, come and stay at my place. We'll be getting a hotel. So, yeah, we, we, we sat around. I think, did Jonas have a ukulele that, well, that night? We wrote like three songs or not... Right. We didn't write the lyrics really, or maybe a few ideas, but we wrote like melodies and stuff on a ukulele, I think. And that was a bit, a bit like Yendrick. Uh, but yeah, so then I think maybe he recorded my voice and was like, look, I'm just going to try something with this. And then that's kind of what happened. Yeah. Shall we listen to your voice when you lala it? <laughs> Go. Yeah, yeah, okay. La, la, la. the bridge to the chorus uh, here a little hint of moving on with Sarah John Finer, more known in these circles as EBU's Linda Woodruff and yeah. Angel by Kiara or am I totally deaf? I promise the world I have never intentionally tried to plagiarize anything. What no, I, no, no, I'm no, not no, I, I no, 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 I know, you're not, I know you're not saying that but I know also that I believe, I've read the comments over the years and sometimes you will get one that will just stick and I remember at the time uh, Angel by Kiara because I think the chorus goes da, 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 so like it's kind of like Angel but the Sarah Dawn Finer song I'm not really a big fan of that song and I don't think I've ever played it so that would maybe have been maybe a Eunice influence I don't know but but I guess you're going to get that all the time right because we're like Eurovision fans but, yeah, yeah yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah it's happened a lot it's happened quite a lot I've seen so many things like oh that kind of reminds you of that oh uh, is that that I'm like no <laughs> Spore in 
third place with this song? Well, we got... It was interesting because we went to the semi-finals and our, in our semi-final, Johanna, you, do you remember, you know, Johanna 2009? Yeah. She was up against us and everybody kind of thought, well, it's like, Birgitta was kind of like, you know, she was a really big star. I think she still is a big star in Iceland, but Johanna was the big star and everyone was putting their hopes into her. So we kind of thought, you know, it's possible we might not even get through here. But we got through to the final and Johanna went out. And then when we got to the final in Iceland, and I think they do this to be nice, they only actually place the super final top two. They don't actually place the next ones. But then they released the voting statistics. And when they were released in the final, we actually came third. We just missed out on the super final. So, which is, which is still great. Okay, great. Because online I read it was unplaced. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We go to Latvia. Yay. Because there you ended second. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What can you tell us about the song I Need a Hero? Most of the songs that I've ever written, Eurovision or not, are with usually, I would say 70-80% of them are with about the same five people. Uh, and then the other 10, maybe another 10% are with maybe another 10 people. And then I have like 5-10% of songs which are written kind of, I've only ever written a couple of songs with these writers. And one of them would be I Need a Hero. I wrote, wrote it with Marcus Fresnel, Beatrice, Beatrice Rob. Robertson. Oh, yeah. 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 She wrote, uh, did she write Donnie Montel's Waiting for the Tonight or Waiting for This Night? I think she wrote that with Jonas Stander. They sent me a really, really acoustic kind of version of the song, like, you know, like just her Beatrice singing it. Once again, once again, I'm standing here under the rain. Will you find, will you find me soon? I don't know where I am. Is it true? Is it all because I doubt it? I need a miracle Just a miracle like you I need a hero Who can open up my heart I need a hero To hold me once again I need a hero I had this idea. I was like, you know what I want to do, guys? I want to turn this into like a big rock set Eurovision stadium anthem thing. And then that's what happened. So, and that was, that was so much fun because they were just like, yeah, they were like, take it and do what you want with it. And I did, you know, and then that came out of it. And to this day, I still keep in touch with Marcus, like such a nice guy. sure your composition would have given Latvia a better outcome in Stockholm than a last place in the semi-final. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I'm not going to say anything. I mean, there's been a lot of times over the years where 
we wonder if any sort of foul play has taken place. And I would say the majority of the times, no. And even in, even in a lot of the countries and national finals, which a lot of the fans are quick to say, oh, that, that's, that, you know, that's definitely foul play, that's definitely corrupt. No, most of the time, actually, it isn't. You know, and, and that's coming from somebody on the inside. But there are a few times where we've even questioned, mm, I don't know. But that year, yeah, that's one of the more kind of difficult ones to kind of make a decision on, I guess. Samantha Tina is competing this year for Latvia in Rotterdam with something mm-hmm. I wouldn't call a song. It's more like a three-minute sound. Well, 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 I will say, though, that I absolutely loved her song last year. I mean, loved it to the point it was maybe my number two or three of the year. This year, I see what she's trying to do. It's like trying to do like a mix of like K-pop-y, Europop, kind of diva stuff. But I don't know if maybe she's just got it right this year, but... All good luck to her because I remember at the time she was so professional and she has she has the dream that we have of getting to Eurovision. She's been trying she she's been trying since 2010, I think maybe even before like or 2011, so one year before us. And then she got to Eurovision last year, and then COVID didn't even make Eurovision happen. So I'm sure that girl has been like stressed to the hilt. But good luck to her. Oh my goodness, I wish her all the luck in the world. You also went to Romania again. Uh huh. Yep. And got a second place. Moldova in 2013. Sorry, I think sorry, sorry. Yeah, we did. We went. Uh, we had a lot of songs in Moldova. But you got second place then with Runaways, the song mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. Boris Kovali. Yep. Sunrise, blue skies, your eyes, shelter me from the scars and the battles that still a big favorite for me i really like the yeah. cool 80s vibe over the production mm-hmm. well yeah and <laughs> runaways i'm just realizing runaways runaway runaways um it's it's a funny one we're all everything's cool now but when we move on to 2014 i'm not sure if you remember but actually yeah, i do oh you remember okay yeah. so we'll go there with we'll go there we'll go do you want me to go there now or will we just leave it for until, until 2014 we, we take it when we arrive to 2014 i think if that's, okay. if that's okay okay Yeah, yeah, no problem. Okay, so I will be totally honest about Runaways. At the time, um, I had the dream of Eurovision and was writing songs. And then after maybe a couple of years of doing that, people were starting to contact me and asking me to pitch their already written songs for them. Mm. So I was like, I don't really want to do that. And but, but, but it happens all the time in the industry. And you get percentage for doing that. And a lot of people ask me still to this day to do it, which I don't do at all anymore. But at that time, I was like, Okay, so Hani Sabzavari asked me, "Will you pitch this to me, and you can have you can you can basically manage the whole project if it gets in?" So I did. So I didn't really do much on that song. I remember I did like manage the whole thing, get them to the Eurovision shows, and talk to them and da da da. But that's what uh, there's maybe in in 2013 a couple of those Moldovan songs that are written there. There's maybe like eight on my Wikipedia page. There's a there's a couple of those that I didn't have much a really really big musical part in. But yeah, so that's the, that was the, the story behind that. So I don't really actually have much to say about that song in terms of 
how connected I am to it and blah, 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 because if I'm totally honest, I'm not that connected to it. So, but I know it's a quite a good song. I think it's a good song, right? Yeah. I want to run away. <laughs> Among the other songs, Dan, which one did you did you compose? The one that I've sent in of, as being like, right, this is our kind of big effort, was the Tatiana Hegel on A Brighter Day. Yeah. Yeah, and then, I don't know, there's maybe like six of those songs that were just sent to me by, it was more of a business thing, I'm just being honest, where it was like, do you want to get these into Moldova? I was like, okay. So all of the songs on my Wikipedia page, apart from those, I didn't really do much musically. So, and actually, I, I, don't, uh, I don't make my Wikipedia page either, so... People put those there and I'm like, okay. We take a listen to the song A Brighter Day. Falling from the black and sky Praying someone will come and save me Gravity won't let me fly I just want to be free My heartbeat is fading I can't catch a breath I long for your touch I'm loving you in excess like as a native English speaker to give away a song to a singer who is worse in English than I am or a rock. <laughs> the thing you have to remember here is that I, back then most of the singers that we worked with their English wasn't great and you, we weren't we weren't in the position to work with the stars of the countries back then we were working with I mean I worked my ass off back then trying to get people to sing our songs who were some sort of level where we felt that an all-round level of maybe they're a little bit known, they could sing well enough, they were good enough on stage, they could move, they looked well. So, because who's going to work with these brand new people on the scene? You know, they're going to work with the big people. So we've had to work our way up. And as the years have went on, of course now, as when people contact me for a song, me for a song, I will always kind of vet them on that. So, but no, back then, to be honest, it was more a case of, again, just so happy to have a song there. I'm thinking if she wins in Moldova, because they're not going to understand, well, general public aren't going to get the bad accent well what will happen is if we win well i'll coach her and we'll get her some lessons and by the time she gets to eurovision she'll be good you know I th i'm always i'm always kind of thinking of this is the step we have to do now and then let's once we've dealt with that let's do the next thing so that's that's kind of how we would deal with that did you record this song with anyone else i'm asking because i really think this no. is a good song okay no do you yeah, yeah. No, we didn't actually no we didn't it was written i was uh, two portuguese guys messaged me and we're like Look, we have this like base of a song. Will you help us? And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. And it was, but they were like, it's for Moldova Eurovision and it's for this girl. So they led that project and I just was like, okay, let's do it. So it wasn't, there was nobody tried it out and it was just for her. Okay. Uh, even if you haven't composed the song or written the lyrics, I must ask, what is a freaky song? <laughs> oh my God. Jonas Gladnikov, if you're listening, I know you'll get a laugh out of this. Oh my goodness, that's still a joke to us to this day. Sometimes maybe we're think, trying to think of a good song title or we're stuck but he'll just be like what about like three freaky thong or something and like 
<laughs> but yeah, I don't know. To be totally honest, it's one of those ones I don't know because I didn't really write it. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, did you travel to the pre-selection? No, I've never been to Moldova. In fact, I've not. I've been to a few of them. I've been to Iceland twice. I went with, with when Birgitta was there, and I went, or when we had the song with Birgitta, and I went and oh yes, I went for Aaron Brinks' "Hypnotize," which I love. Um, and then we went to where else did I go? Malta twice. It's you know, it's basically every year. You can't really go to them all because sometimes, first of all, you're thinking uh, I have to pay the bills, so I can't travel to like five countries. And second of all, they all clash. Like some, maybe Iceland's national final will be on the same night as Moldova's. So it's like, you kind of have to pick where you want to go. So I picked Iceland maybe for that. You know, it's, that's, yeah. So. Shall we move forward to 2014? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> or do you have anything else you wish to say? 2013's done. Let's forget about that year. <laughs> uh, in 2014, your compositions got competed in four countries, but yeah. from the beginning it was five, but one song got okay. replaced. I'm oh, talking yes, about yes, Flying yes. with Boris Kovali, mm-hmm. that you yeah, competed that was... with the year before in Moldova. Here all alone, I'm thinking about you, about the pain you put me through. I'm trying to move on, I'm trying to forget you, but I just can't song flying later end up on Sergei Lazarev's album The One. Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sergei, Sergei knows that as well. Now I won't cry over our memories After all is said and done Got nothing to hide Don't need you to save me I can face this world alone I'll end this war I'll stop the thunder So drop your weapons behind the battle by the way is the first song I ever wrote Ooh. I wrote it I wrote Flying by pretty much by myself the main crux of the song before I met Primoz at Eurovision 2011 about two months before that I was working as a classroom assistant in a school in my old school actually and like just at lunchtime so I would maybe go to the music studio there and just one day I was like right I'm gonna write a song and I wrote that Fly. chose it as his song for the following year and everybody believed in it we all believed in it his management believed in it well we thought they did the tv seemed to as well and then all of a sudden well actually he decided to audition all of a sudden with a second song also as well as flying because in moldova you have to do auditions 
but the jury the jury put him through with flying so we because so we had this little worry we're like oh god what happens if they pick the other song and to be honest we thought no they won't because we heard the other song and we're like no i think we're cool here and there was the feedback from flying everyone was going oh this could be the real this could be like a good moment for moldova you know like a bit of a bit of, it, it does have a sergey vibe and even at the time everyone was kind of thinking that too even before sergey went to eurovision so we were thinking this would be good for moldova and then about two weeks before or maybe a month before the contest I got a, a, me- a message from Boris, a really small email just saying like, I'm so sorry, I can't do anything about this, but they're changing it to the other song. And I just thought, what? No, the, you can't do that. The juries, the juries have chosen the song they're putting through. So somehow, somewhere, the TV, the juries at the TV, the TV people, the management, they decided they would, um, they would change the song. I don't know why. I know that the writer of the other song is a guy called brandon stone or something and he's quite prolific maybe in the russian speaking countries so mm-hmm. i don't know if maybe they wanted to keep him sweet keep him cool but Jonas and primos and i were absolutely fucking raging at the time yeah <laughs> we actually like contacted them and we're like we were gonna get a lawyer involved and you know if it had been now back then we hadn't a penny right so we didn't we didn't have the money to do it but if it had to be now, I'm pretty sure we would get someone involved because we were so annoyed. You know, it's a, it might only be to a lot of people a song at a Moldovan national final, but to us, it was so much work. It's months of work in studio work, admin work, coaching artists work, trying to stay, li- li- liaise between management and TV. And, and it was just like, how could they do this? So anyways, but it's funny because the one person that we never took it personally with and kept in contact with was Boris and he never got personal with us. So it was obviously a, a decision with from his team. He was being controlled at the time, I think, about what his decisions were. So to this day, Boris and I are still friends. We still we still stay in touch. And I think he knows it was a really bad time, a bad situation. But but it, I think it was all I think it was more than anything. It was probably to do with money. So. But who owned the copyrights for the song? Had you sold us? It? No, no, okay. no, 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 no. We didn't. Thank God we didn't. If we had, we would maybe, maybe we would have charged him some, charged him for. Well, as we do anyway, we would charge them for the master buyout or the work production work. And no, but we never thought did that. That's again, that was us back in the day. And and to this day, if we really, really believe in a singer from a country, and we were like, okay, we really want you to do this song, and they're like, we don't have the money. We're like, as long as you can promise us and sign a contract to say you're going to do this with us, don't you don't need to pay anything. But back then it was like that. So yeah, so I was able, I just remember one day, Sergei Lazarev thinking, oh, this song would be perfect for him. And about two years later, and I just sent it to him and Sergei Lazarev got back to me and was like, I want this song. And in fact, we ended up doing like nine songs with Sergei Lazarev from me sending that song. So I think everything works out for the, in the you know, for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. So in 2014, then you competed in Switzerland, Finland, Malta and Hungary. Uh-huh. But this time the outcome was rather poor, despite you singing one of the songs yourselves. Yeah, well, actually, I will say that me singing the songs myself was never a question of me trying to get to Eurovision. Never, ever. I See, I would have shit myself if, if the Swiss <laughs> broadcaster had have said, come and audition for us. I probably wouldn't have went. Yeah. You know, I, I was, I was, that was more a case of me just having a little bit of fun, a bit of poppy fun. And also for us, for, for visibility, really. If you, you'll notice me online, I, I post a lot you know, a lot of our stuff and it's just for visibility. So people see us, you know, Yeah. there was so much high hopes after 2013 because, because of the second place, third place, you know, well, and then the second place in Moldova, you know, that as well. So there was two second places in the third place. There was a lot of high hopes. And yeah, that year was just a bit of a kind of a bomb, really. And we just thought, okay, 
And the following year, 2015, you'll see that, again, I just did a little song for Switzerland. But but at the same time, behind the scenes, I remember us all being very, very focused on, do you know what we need to do? We need to really learn how to write songs even better here. We were writing songs every week. And then, and then we came back in 2016. We go back to 2014. Um, okay. And to the Europop Smash song, It's Not Impossible. Because this, <laughs> this song is actually the main reason you and I are familiar with each other. Because I heard mm-hmm. this song seven years ago and thought it was fantastic. And I decided to write to you on Facebook and share my love for it with you. Do you remember this? That's right. You know, I... I didn't remember it until what the we, fuck not? We, <laughs> until we spoke a few weeks ago. But as soon as you did tell me that, it was like boom, that memory came flashing back to me. And do you know why? Why not? Because when you messaged me that night, I was—I remember I was sitting in my bedroom, my mum, my, my mum's house in Belfast, in Northern Ireland. And I remember it was you were just one of a few people, like you know, on Facebook, like it was. But I remember you were one of the very few people that would have went out of their way to say, "Oh, that's really good, that's really nice." And I think I, I I'm pretty sure I was like, "Thank you so much, right?" I, yeah, I, of, course, in of course, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that you love it because at the time, I mean, I love it too. You know, I wouldn't have done it if I didn't love it. Sometimes it all goes wrong and you don't know what to do. Sometimes the road feels rough with no destination And you feel like giving up cause there is no end in sight But hold on, just be strong and remember This song is, as you know, my go-to song on the treadmill That's at so the gym good. still seven years later. Uh, I like this Euro-ish modern talking flirt. Yeah. I, do you know what? I, I, um, I, yeah, you've got the demo. I sent you the demo as well. Um, that was Jonas Gladnikov produced that up. I, can't, I think Primoz Boglan and I just started with a really basic production and wrote it in the bass. Sometime Jonas then made like a more of an 80s vibe to it. It's not Johnny Sanchez, I asked him to come on. I was like, Johnny can really make this like sparkle and pop, like kind of dancey pop vibe. And yeah, all of that mixed together. I think it does. I listened to it again today, like this morning. I was like, that sounds really good, actually. You know, for for so for such a long time ago, also. Yeah. Uh, and a funny nerd fact is that the Swedish journalist and Eurovision fan Toby Ek is featured in the music video yeah. serving champagne. Yeah. Yes, he is. We. Um, was I living? Yes, I was living in Madrid at the time. And I remember that Anders Rinkfist, I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys know him out there. I'm pretty sure you know him and yeah, as well. Yeah, we, um, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He came to Madrid to visit uh, for just vacation, actually. And obviously, Primoz knew him really well. I knew him really well. We're all very close. And he, Toby came with him. And you know what the funny thing is? I had no idea who Toby was. And... I think I might have tried it. I think I might have tried it on with them, actually. <laughs> I honestly, I had no, I, I had no idea. And then, and then a couple of days later, I was like, 
I saw him on Facebook, like uh, like after blooded stuff. And I was like, oh. And now, obviously, I realize, oh my goodness, he is the Melody Festival in Schlager King, you know? Yeah. But it, he was so much fun. He was so, we just all got drunk, danced around, made, I, at the same time, I was like, guys, do you mind if I make a music video while we go, while we go out clubbing tonight? <laughs> and they were like, no, it's fine. Even Toby. So like that, that shot with the champagne is, is in our hotel suite. The shots from the club is a club we used to go to in Madrid. The shots with my feet on the ground is literally me walking, probably to me and Primo's walking around the streets of Madrid to maybe to meet them or coming home the next day. I don't know. But yeah, it was all very organic, I guess. You know? Yeah. 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 Who was the song written for in the first place? Me. It was, was for, it was for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like I just, as I said, it wasn't for me. I, I really do mean it when I say there was no grand master plan of me getting to Eurovision. Um, there was, a, I guess there was a plan. I think any writer has this in them. And I see this a lot when I look at all of the writers right in the Eurovision. We're like Laurel Barker. I don't know about Lina Deb, but like and I, I do tend to go on about the female ones a lot. I feel more connected to them. But I find that they all still have a bit of an underlying music career going on. They still kind of want to release stuff because at heart, that's what they are is kind of singer songwriters. And at heart, I guess that's what I am. So it was just kind of a fun kind of thing. And with the Swiss Eurovision platform, I thought if I put this on this, it's going to get a lot more views than if I just put it on YouTube by itself. So that's what we did. Sadly, the song never qualified for the final and not the song you had with Daria Kinsa either. Aha. Oh, yeah. And Daria Kinsa competed for Croatia in 2011 with the song Celebrate. Oh my goodness, I love, honestly, I love that song. Um, I, I remember at the time, I, when I, I went to that contest, like I said before, with, but I went with my friend Mark uh, from back home. And I, the whole time I was like, oh, Daria's going to win. Daria's going to win. Oh. And see now when I think, yeah, yeah. But now with my like, pr- like professional and older head, you know, on my shoulders, now it's so much more, you can look at it and you can analyze it all. And usually you're somewhere kind of right. But back then, you know, what, what, what age was I? Like 21, 22? I just was going for the song I loved. So that year it was Russia. Do you remember Alex Alex Sparrow? Yes. And Daria. And I was like, one of them's going to win. One of them's going to win. And Mark just kept looking at me and saying, you're absolutely, cra- you're absolutely crazy, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, I am. Because they, she didn't even get out of the national, or she didn't get, even get out of the semi-final. I've then contacted Daria, obviously, just thinking, oh, I loved your song. Let's do a song together. So yeah, and that's what happened, how that, that came about as well. The, the Swiss one. We take a listen to somebody like you that you wrote for Daria Kinsa. Cool. I'm holding on to what is lost. I'm trying hard to pay the cost. I'm broken. Yeah, you're way out of sight. And I'm anecdotes from Malta, Finland or Hungary from that year? From that year, from 2014, Malta, uh, all I can say is that was our first year with Franklin Kalea and all I just remember 
dying to work with him because I think he is one of the best singers, if not in Malta, Europe. I, his, I love his voice. So I was so happy for that. And I remember as well, it was, he just came off the back of a reality show in Malta, which he'd won. Then he didn't, the following year he got into the Maltese national final, but didn't get out of the semi-final. So then we, with our song, he got into the final. I think he came seventh or something. So yes. that was great. Yeah. And then, what was the other song? There was... My Little Honeybee, Dennis oh, Fogerstrand. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was amazing. Getting a song into Finland was like, oh, that's so good. Because there's a big difference between when you get a song into a small country or an eastern country, there's not much budget for you. There's not much budget for you to get paid for what you're doing. And there's also not much budget for the artist on stage. But when you get a song into Denmark or Norway or Finland, mm, there's a budget. And it's like, oh, this is nice because now you can be a bit more... I want this, I want this, I want that, I want that. So that was that was actually one of those moments where I thought, oh, we're actually doing okay at this. Just take a chance and see. Have a little faith in me. You know I'm gonna take you higher than ever. Baby, I've got the key. Unlock your heart, set it free. You're my little honeybee. Year after, in 2015. Mm-hmm. You only competed with one song, as you said before. Yeah. And that one you sang yourself. Mm-hmm. And it was in Switzerland again. Mm-hmm. What happened there? Again, there was absolutely no expectation for that whatsoever. Genuinely, genuinely. At that point, I remember it was... I actually remember edit, editing the video myself. Um, I don't know, it was after some... No, I, I just remember at the time I was doing a lot of like like self-editing videos and writing loads of songs and just kind of like trying to learn how to do it right it, it, it takes what is it they say it takes 10 years or 10,000 hours of work to be a pro at something so I'm coming up now to 10 years in May and I'm feeling you know I'm feeling good about what's happening in my career but back then every time something didn't work out I never took it like a rejection I never took I never ever have and I think that's because whenever I was younger I did a lot of musical theater went to a lot of auditions and was always told no 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 and then yes and then no no so I never took it like that I always took it as right i need to get better at this so in 2015 primange and me and Jonas and just everybody we were all just writing con- like if i look back at my emails from that time i'm pretty sure it was just song 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 of which probably a lot of them were then released later on so yeah it was a bit of a gap that year in terms of having songs at the contest and maybe i was tired as well i don't know maybe two or three years of just Working your ass off and not making any money, it can get to you, you know? So maybe I was a bit tired. You're the only one who makes my heart like a drum. Feels like the party's only just begun. Cause when I see your smile, oh, my heart goes boom, boom. You're the only one who makes my heart Can you tell me about the catchy song Boom that you competed with in Switzerland? Yeah, you know, it was one of those songs where I was just like, let's just do, pretty much, let's just do a really big party summer kind of 
fun song. And there's a, there's a singer in Australia called Samantha Jade, and she has a song called Up. And I remember I used to listen to it every day walking from my apartment in Madrid to Primoz's apartment, and that's where our studio was at. And my walk would be maybe 15, 20 minutes every morning there and back. And I would play this song every morning. And I was like, I love the synths and I love the beat. And I was like, let's do something like this. And in fact, I remember BBC Newsline, the, our, my local news station at home, they picked it up and there's an interview of me talking about it on YouTube and stuff. And it was really good for back home because everybody was like, whoa, I remember I, remember I put Grinder on the night I was on BBC News back home. And I literally was like, after it went out, I wasn't thinking of anything apart from, uh, let's see who's on Grinder." And I had about 20 messages of people going, are you the guy that was just in the news? Are you the guy that was just in the news? Are you the guy that... And it really freaked me out. Actually, I was like, oh, that's really weird. But yeah. <laughs> so yeah. My heart goes boom, boom, boom. the only one who makes my heart beat crazy like a drum. Feels like the body's only just begun. Cause when I see a smile, oh, my heart goes boom. Have you given up the dream to work as a stage artist? Yeah, definitely. And actually, the dream, I think a lot of people who work in the music industry will tell you, as you get older and it hasn't happened, you kind of then start to embrace the parts of pros of not ha having a profile, which is so out there. And you kind of embrace that, that you can make music and be behind the scenes a little bit because it's so much more private. It's so much more, you know, there's, there's less pressure in terms of, Like even this podcast today, I'm, I'm going to be totally honest. I was a little nervous because you're putting yourself out there and artists are doing that day in, day out. I totally get why, you know, they need their team around them to do all of their stuff because it's a lot of pressure and it's a lot of stuff in their head. So, you know, that dream's gone because, and also because I genuinely don't think I'm good enough in terms of whenever, like I did, I did a music, a, a song called Take My Body Close in 2014 and that wasn't Eurovision related at all. It was just, I did at that point think, hmm. Maybe we'll try the pop route, you know, YouTube video, maybe try and get it signed to like a Eastern European label that does kind of poppy stuff that might go global. Well, out of all of the other music videos that are out there at the minute with boys your age, the reason they're signed to big labels is because they're really, really good looking. And I'm not saying that I'm bad looking. I'm just saying you need to be realistic here. So there's that. And then second of all, I'm not the best singer in the world. I know I use it to my advantage, but there's a lot better. So I just think all in all, it works for me better. And I'm more comfortable just working in the studio and writing songs. And I'm, ha I'm genuinely, I'm happy. And that dream didn't, it wasn't that I woke up one day and thought, oh, I'm going to give that up. It was a really slow process over about four or five years. By the time 2000, by the time the Boom song came out, I was actually at that point thinking already, oh, I'm kind of just going to leave this now and just write songs. Shall we skip forward to 2016? Yes, because this was this is this was one of the years when I said before about having two or three years, like maybe three years, where it was just manic. This is one of those years. Do you remember what countries your songs went to? Yeah, we had two in Finland, both of which got to the final, which was amazing. And we had two in Malta, of which one of the songs we co-wrote with Marie Picasso, which was so much fun. I actually we wrote it in the studio with her. And then we also did let me think, let me think, don't tell me, don't tell me. Finland, Malta, and uh, oh, Lithuania, yeah, Lithuania, yeah, and Switzerland. In 2016, yeah, you sang wrong answers. Oh my goodness, <laughs> you didn't qualify. Oh my but, goodness, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. I carry on when all the promises have gone. Without a house to call my home, only me. 
who believes in a dream when the answers are all wrong. If the sun decides to light my darkest day, I hope I have. You know, that's how much I have forgotten about my own kind of artistic career because I don't. They're not. But I, when you ask me about the songs and the years, I go straight to the other people. I just forget about the songs I've done. That is a. I think that's a beautiful song. Though I wrote, it was actually. A, a, I remember a girl in Finland called Sana Senti. She was a girl in the Voice of Finland. We tried to we tried to get her into the Finnish Eurovision show a few years, but she never made it. So then, but one day out of the blue, I think she just sent me this song she wrote with her friend uh, at the piano, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, that is so beautiful!" It was in Finnish, and I just was like, "Sana, do you mind if I release that myself? Maybe for this Swiss Eurovision thing, but just write the English lyrics for it." And she was like, "Yeah, no problem. Let's go for it." And um. Yeah, I think it's a really nice song, actually. But uh, but not. I think it's what five hundred u- views on YouTube. I don't think many people have heard that song. Shall we move on to Malta? Yeah. You said here before that you co-wrote this with the Swedish uh, idol winner Marie Picasso. Later, did, changed yeah. name to Chantaliora. Chantaliora, yeah. And her real name is Marie Pettersson. Yeah. Yeah. I actually spoke to her this morning. Yeah. Um, when you speak to her, it's like there's just this energy comes off her where it's pure love. And I mean that whether it's an email or a text or it's in person, it's like all it's just good vibes, good vibes, good vibes, good vibes. She's just all about that, and I really loved that. I remember that in the studio too. It was she was really like she's one of those songwriters that is so connected to her emotions. So and I know I know that the the song that we wrote alive at the time I wasn't you know I was just like we need this song we need, we're trying to need to get in the Melody Festival and da 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 because that was our that by the way was our first chance even though the song ended up in Malta that was our first real go at like Melody Festival and I remember Warner's um, Warner Sweden's A&R Robert Skoronsky he hooked us up with her and I went over for a co-ride session and then we thought okay we might have a chance here you know a bit of a comeback for her because I know she'd went through so much you know medical issues and things and at the time I was so just come on let's write the song da, da, da. but now when I look back and listen to the lyrics of that song song it's just she was so so pouring her heart into that in terms of what she'd been through you know so more more power to her i say and the song later landed on jasmine abella mm-hmm. fantastic singer in malta yeah yeah It was just one of those things where I we didn't get into Melody Festival. In fact, we sent it in and we didn't hear anything. So um, with Marie, with Marie, she was she wanted to do it with her. You yeah. know, she felt that she was ready at the time, and I felt so too. And we did. We went back and forward a little bit. I remember Robert Skronsky saying he didn't think the bridge in the song was good enough in the first version, so we made a second version. In fact, I think the version you've got is maybe version five. And that's that actually is sometimes when I start thinking, oh, I don't know if this is going to work now. Because by the time you get down to version five of a song, I feel like uh, if it didn't work at version one or two, probably it's not going to work. And it didn't. But anyways, so we, um, yeah, we sent it. I sent it to a guy called Paul Abella. Do you know a guy called, do you know who Paul Abella is in Malta? Absolutely. He, I love this. I, see, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm, I feel like I forget I'm talking on a podcast about Eurovision. <laughs> I'm so used to explaining these things to people who haven't a clue about Eurovision. So You all know. So anyway, Paula Bella was looking for a song for Jasmine Bella. We sent it over and they were like, yeah, let's do it. And by the way, when we when we went, I met Georgina. You know Georgina Abella? Yes. She she is a diva, but in all in the best sense of the word. She is fabulous. I mean, like I think I had a glass of wine with her before the show started that night. 
and just she was just talking about like Eurovision and her her doing Eurovision and how and she was wearing this amazing dress and her hair was huge and she looked like I don't know like 10 years younger than she probably was it was just that was such a fabulous experience that whole project and Marie came Marie came to Malta Marie and I and the after party got on the stage and danced and performed the song drunk to the whole place. <laughs> <laughs> it was so it was just one of those crazy, crazy kind of nights and times. It was so much fun. Ida Losko won later in Malta with the song Chameleon, but instead changed the song to yeah. Walk on Water. Can we hear the demo that Marie Picasso sang? Of course you can. Here it comes. I'm so weak. I'm begging. She got back to me this morning. That's that's why I was saying about her good vibes. She was so so up for it, and she did say if, if, for me to say maybe as well that she um, has more music coming next year, and that she's working with people in the US. So, but yeah, Eero Losco, yeah, won. And do you know what I remember from backstage at that national final? No. Do you remember that at the time Brooke Golden was the favorite to win? Well, sorry, the, the sorry, Eero was the favorite to win. She was always going to win. But Brooke Golden was like everybody knew it was so much more of a better song, so much better song than than Eras, yeah. And I remember at the time we went to Malta, but we knew Eero was going to win. It was like it's one of those ones where I, it's no, I just no bad in the feeling towards Era and her team, but it was already won before we started, before you know, before the show had started. And I just remember on the night, Brooke was just amazing and it should have really won. And the team cried. Like it was Aidan O'Connor from Ireland and Sarah Bieglert and two, a couple of Swedish people, you know, yeah. and everybody was so, but genuinely, genuine. Like I've never, ever cried at not winning and I've never, ever been that deep where it's like, but I just remember they, and I felt it myself. I felt for them that night. I was like, oh, I feel so bad for you guys because you really should have won, you know? Yeah. I hate, it's really disappointing to me when the, this the 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 song that you'd have won comes second through I don't know through through lots of fourteen different, songs I believe fourteen songs yeah I think it was fourteen songs in the final in Malta ah yeah 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 both of ours got through to the final which was really fun yeah but we we never thought we never thought we would win that show we were there honestly 2016 Jonas Gladnikov myself and Will Taylor we rented a. Uh, like a little apartment in Malta for like five or six days and I think we just were drunk for five or six days to be totally honest um we just we just had wait we were professional when we needed to go places and be professional but the rest of the time we were just eating in nice restaurants or ordering food playing music drinking wine drinking beer and you know just having fun and seeing Malta Malta is a really nice place we must talk about the song United that competed in Lithuania. (laughs) Yeah one of my favorites one of my favorites. Yeah and you sang the demo right? Well, for me, a demo is a f- is like when I take my time to record the song nicely to send to an artist. 
But when we don't have time or like if they, you know, if they say, oh, Lithuania needs songs in two weeks. Well, you know, if I want a specific singer and we have to record her, well, I will just quickly go, you know, quickly record a really bad cue vocal. And that's what I've sent you. All the little children looking for a brighter day. I just want to give them rainbows and smiles. Everybody standing at the edge of universe. Nobody demanding nothing from us. We can achieve if we believe it. On and on and on and on we go. Together we are as one. We stand united. If you feel. I'm just I'm gonna again I'm gonna be totally honest I loved Paulina Gagarina's song A Million Voices the year before yeah and I actually who we were, didn't we, I, I, who didn't exactly and I mess I emailed two Danish guys that we were kind of talking about work, talking to about working with two producers and I was like guys can you make us like? Be, can you be inspired by this song and like? Let's do the the next year's version for Lithuania because I have this singer that I really want to do it. Um, Ruta Shogolovaita, who by the way, love her. In two thousand and four, she had a song in Lithuania. There's a, called Over. I absolutely fell in love with her and the song, and just thought, whoa, what a voice! And she came second. And I remember at the time it was all about like, there was a lot of bad kind of people saying there was a lot of corruption involved and blah blah blah. And I always remember thinking if I ever. You know, I want to work with that girl. I have her do Eurovision. I want to go with her. So anyways, we did that. We, I sent her the song and she was like, yes, I want to do it. And at that time, by the way, she was huge. She still is. She was the judge on the X Factor in Lithuania. She was the judge on The Voice for a few seasons. She's their, one of their biggest female singers. And I was just like, let's do this. And it was a massive, uh, it was a massive national final that year in Lithuania also. They had like seven or eight shows, you know, every Saturday night. And uh, But yeah, but I remember the first thing that came out was, oh, <laughs> it's Paulina's song, <laughs> only a new version. And actually, somebody on YouTube has posted like a video of Paulina on stage at Eurovision 2015 with United on top, and it always makes us laugh. It is so funny. So you mean this bombastic ballad was specially tailored for this girl? Yeah, yeah, it was. She she said she wanted something like Disney-ish, 
but not too sweet. But yes, I know United is sweet. But so I thought, okay, let's do Disney and Eurovision and put them together. And I thought Paulina's song was more like stadium. It wasn't just, I think if you, if you listen to United, it's like taking, being inspired by Paulina, but Disneyfying it. That's how I would describe it. And the lyric as well. I just, I know I, it's as cheesy as it is. A lot of my lyrics, especially the earlier ones and when it's Eurovision related, are about like not giving up or uniting the world. And because to me, that's the whole point of Eurovision. You know what I mean? Like bringing people together and telling people it's going to be okay. You know, we're all fans of Eurovision and we listen to the songs, you know, day in, day out, all year round. But for the average Joe who's sitting with the TV on that, that, that Saturday night in May, they might just hear something that they need, they need to hear or they might hear something they, they connect with and then all of these people around the world connect with. And I think that is what is so amazing about it. So, yeah, I, I'm always thinking about that now as well. Like, it's not just, you know, it's, it's trying to say something and, like, trying to cheesy again, like, make a change, do you know what I mean? Or help somebody. So. Yeah. That's what United's totally about that. If you listen to the lyrics and stuff, it's totally about coming together and being strong and lifting your head up and all of that stuff. So Together forever we're gonna stand as one Together forever we're united Oh let's go make a change for years to come The years we get in, it's obviously the years where the broadcasters think we need more songs, so we'll let the foreign writers in. Because yeah. remember, we're also going to be bottom of the list of the writers to get in. Like, you know, the majority of the songs in a Finnish national final or a Lithuanian national final are going to be from the people from those countries, unless they can't find the songs. And then we get picked. But yeah, that year, Lithuania was like, oh, we're going to, well, actually, I have had the feeling of we're going to win once. But we'll get there when we go through the more years. I'll tell you which one that is. I think I've only only ever had that feeling of we're gonna win mm-hmm. once, and and then we didn't. <laughs> I believe I know which song that is, but we save that for later. Okay. One thing I always thought was that you got a second place in Finland, but today I learned you got a fifth place with the song "Good Enough." Mm-hmm. I've always thought it came second. No, it came fifth. Yeah, there was nine songs. We came fifth, and then we had another song came ninth. But good enough for me. I think it is good enough to have got a better place, but I don't think the live performance, I think they weren't in the best, I think they were nervous, I think they weren't in the best maybe uh, moment of their lives, I don't know, I just don't know what happened there, but also the staging of that song was completely wrong, I don't know whose idea that was at Ila to do that, but I just thought that is not good, so that took a lot away from it, and also the performance just in general, I think maybe three or four songs that I get people contacting me about a lot and that about them saying oh that's my favorite song you've ever done and that song always comes up there like yeah, everyone always yeah. tells me they, they yeah. love that song so sometimes I feel like I am wandering through the dark looking so hard for the answers and I try to carry on and reignite the spark but the nights are getting longer Just give your heart the time to heal It's a pain you can't conceal Oh, oh, oh We are believers stronger But 
actually, it reached, it reached the charts. I think it was like top 10 or something in Finland or like maybe even higher. I don't know, maybe five or something. I don't know, something like that. I really think the studio version sounds like a winner. Yeah, I, that, yeah that can happen. Sometimes It can happen both ways. So sometimes you'll have the studio version sounding like a winner and then live, it just doesn't work. And then sometimes you'll have a, a version or a song which you think, oh, this isn't good enough. And then... Then live with the live mixing, the live show, the vo- vocals, you just go, "Whoa, they brought that to life!" You know. Yeah. So you can be you can you can be surprised at times. I can certainly be surprised at times. How was the song good enough presented to Annika and Kimo? I think that at that time, what I was doing was literally going through every singer in every European country and just contact them. Now they had to be somebody that I thought was good, of course, but a lot, a lot, a lot. I mean, I know. <laughs> Uh, really like everybody and I, I think Kimo got back to me um, he'd done, a, uh, done the contest the year before he was a, he was called Angelo Denile or Angelo Denile or something but he wanted to, he said to me I have this This girl, their boyfriend and girlfriend, so he was like, I um, I want a song for Annika, a duet. And actually the one thing, and I think a lot of writers will agree with this, the one thing that we don't have is in our folder, in our, in our like songwriting catalogue, is our duets. So I went to Primoz's apartment that afternoon, and I was like, right, we need to write a duet. And honestly, we wrote that in like an evening, and we sent it to Jonas and Matthew, who were on the song with us, and they were like, you know what, apart from a, little, a couple of changes, they were like, that's really good. it's so funny because at the time I thought nothing of it it wasn't there's many times I'll finish a song and be like oh this is so good so good and then but then that time I was like oh that's this is nice but actually it turned out to be one of like one of the songs that people seem to really love so so yeah as soon as I sent it to them Kimo was like we're doing this and yeah that was it so yeah instead Finland sent Sanya with the song Sing It Away and Europe said no go away <laughs> and they missed the final yeah what can you tell me about the other song in Finland then I was just going to say, that's a, a running theme, by the way. A lot of the national finals that we've taken part in, the winner has gone on to not actually qualify to the final of, of Eurovision. I'm not sure what that really says. I'm going to, I'm going to take it as a, they just, they just picked the wrong song, you know. But yeah, no, uh, the other song that we had, yes, uh, Tuli Okunen sang it. She'd already done the, the Finnish national final, I think a few times before with a band. Again, such a lovely girl. There's just some people that you start working with. And you're like, oh, this is going to be so lovely. Like, I'm going to have real, so much fun the next two or three months just doing this whole project. And she was one of them. She's so nice. And again, like her confidence grew and grew and grew. Like if you even compare her semi-final performance to the final, she was so much better in the final. And I don't, I don't think she deserved a ninth place, you know, but then it was quite a good national final. So...
was your fifth year. How many of the songs were repeats that you had sent before? On that year, uh, Good Enough wasn't a repeat. I know that Don't Wake Me Up was, I maybe had a, another girl try it, but it wasn't, it wasn't written especially for Thule. She, she wasn't the first person to pick it, but it wasn't a repeat. Uh, Good Enough, they were the first person to pick that song. I think it might, I think it was written especially for them. Uh, All Around the World by Deborah C. That was, I was on the demo of that actually, but she was the first person to pick it. Jasmine Abella, yeah, that was sent in the Melody Festival in, um, for Marie, Marie Picasso. And then Reunited, no, it was written for, it was written for Ruta. No, that was quite an organic year. There wasn't much of the whole, you know, repitching songs that year. Yeah. Anyways, let's, let's move on. We move to 2017 and start with my favorite of your songs from that year. Which one? I Won't Surrender with Mihai. Ah, okay, okay. And Mihai, we all remember from Greece in 2005. Yeah, what a song. Tornero, tornero. I actually, like, one of my favorite Eurovision songs ever. I won't surrender. Not now. I won't surrender. Now my fears bring me down no more pretending. I'll stand my ground. Cause with you, I just won't surrender. Was I Won't Surrender his song from start, or did anyone else try it out? No, we've never... Uh, no, it was, or it was tried out. Sorry, yeah, it wasn't his song from the start. Uh, Franklin Calais tried it for Malta. In fact, he sent it in. He sent in uh, three songs to Malta in 2015, would it have been? Or 16? The year that he did the, uh, the song with Alexander Reback, he sent in two songs by us also. And yeah. we were like, please, Franklin, only send one song. And I was like, we were like, literally begging him, trying to get the guy to sign contracts. And he was like, he was like, I'm going to send in two. And then he was like, I'm going to send in three. And then the third song was this song with Alexander Reback. And as soon as that was on the table... I just said to the guys here, I was like, guys, you do realize that our, no matter how good our songs sound, they're going to pick the Alexander Reback song and like the Maltese people for just for the promotion, for the name, for the hype. And, and of course they did. So anyways, yeah, he, he recorded it for that. And I'm pretty sure there's been interest. There's many of the songs, even if they don't get recorded, like I have a couple of songs that I know, like Flying, for example, the one we talked about before, if when I used to send it around maybe 10 people would have said, I want that song. Even if it never happened, I want that song. And that's, that also, I love when that happens because it gives me an indicator of if a song if a song is good or not. Because if a lot of people are saying, oh, I want that, keep that for me, then I'm like, okay, so that's a good song. So it means there must be something to this. So I'm going to try and push that song, you know. Shall we take a listen to Franklin's version of I Won't Surrender? Please do. I love this guy's voice. He's fantastic. I'm pretty sure he'll go to Eurovision someday from Malta. And if he has the right song, he could do amazing. We're standing I 
I can't sing at all myself, but I no? do understand that this song is pretty hard to sing. Yeah, it needs a big, big range. So I wonder who sang the demo? Did you that do that? Yeah, I sang the demo. In fact, the demo is not too bad. I mean, it's very melodyne, so it's like if you don't know what melodyne is, it's like just like we could say auto tuned, I suppose, but it's very edited. But I mean, yeah, I I like a bit of a screamer song, so yeah. I mean, I'll maybe send you that, and you can maybe play it. site in Romania. What year are we on? 2017? Yeah, 2017. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I wasn't. And again, that was a really, it's one of those times when, a bit like Lithuania the previous year, where they had like eight shows, where the singer had to sing like eight times. Romania that year did a, a huge show. They had like an audition process, but where the singer had to do it on TV. Then they had to come back and do something else, I remember. And then there was a quarterfinal, semifinal. Was there a quarterfinal, semifinal, final? I think it was, on, I, I remember it being performed on TV like four times at least. I don't know. But um, no, I wasn't there. And Mihai had it all under control. I mean, it's crazy to think that as a singer in, a, in Romania, he didn't have a manager, right? And in Romania, like he was able to come out and sing the song in the, in the semifinal and the final that well under that amount of pressure. And also, he'd probably, he, he lives in Constanza, I think. He'd probably driven up with his backing vocalist. Or I think he told me he used to get the train, like the overnight train. Uh, and then and he'd be organizing costumes and hotels and money. And I was like, whoa, it blew my mind. And actually, if you, the only time I will say this, in the, in the auditions, when he did the audition, I remember thinking, you're really tired. I looked at him and thought, vocally, he was a bit not as on it. I mean, compared to anybody else, he would be sounding amazing, but he was a bit tired. And as looking, I just thought, oh, it's just a bit too much. But then he came out in the, in the, in the actual shows and in, in the, you know, in the national final and just blew everybody away. So not enough to win, though. Again, not enough to win. <laughs> Fucking Yodel song. Oh, my God. You came second to Heidi in the Alps with a lot of jodeling. Did yeah. you see that coming? Or at yeah. least, did yeah, you hear yeah, her yeah. coming? Yeah. <laughs> did I hear him coming? <laughs> no, I, uh, I, do you know, it's, first of all, I will say, I was joking there when I says fucking yodel song, because the thing is, I love that song. Um, and on the night at Eurovision, my mom and my brother, I watched it in Belfast with my mom and my brother, and they were like, how can you, like, I think I had a couple of glasses of wine and I was like up kind of like half dancing around the living room and they were like, how can you like, how can you be supporting this? They, they beat you. And I was like, it doesn't <laughs> matter. I just think it's so much fun. As soon as they were one of the last songs in the whole audition process to come out. And as soon as they came out, Alinka in her little red dress singing like that. And, I, and then the song and the chorus, I was just like, I remember messaging uh, Jonas and Will and just everybody who we were kind of working with and being like, yeah, by the way, you know, this is going to win. <laughs> and <laughs> Yeah, and they had, and I remember at the time it was actually me and you, me and Primoz and Nicholas Haas. We we had done the I Won't Surrender, but then we we are like best mates and work really closely with Jonas Gladnikov and Will Taylor. And they had Sandra's Sandra's song "Walk On By," wasn't it? And it was getting a lot of good like reviews. 
but I knew. I, I think maybe I, I guess maybe there was not. It wasn't a rivalry there, but it was like it was a fun rivalry. But deep down, I think I knew anyway, or and I think we all did that the Yodelit song was gonna one hundred percent win. You know, and even in the Romanian national final, the jurors, I think one of the jurors marked us way down because we weren't Romanian, you know, so whatever. You also competed in Iceland, Lithuania, Malta and Belarus. Okay, so you're going to have to remind me of all the songs, but it was another, I think it was another crazy year, right? Yeah, you had one song in each country. Okay, so Iceland was Aaron Brink, right? Yes. That's probably the song that I wish had won. Positivity Always comes for free I can see your smile Shining back at me Whenever Aaron came out in the semi-final, um, when he came out and performed, I thought, oh, if, I think he could win if he does this, because I think he's just going to charm people. But in the final, no, we didn't. We came fourth. And then Paper again went on to not qualify from the semi-final in Eurovision. This seems to happen all the time. But yeah, so and then in what other countries did we do? We did uh, Belarus. We did, was that Let's Come Together by Napoli? Yeah. Great. I love that song. I think I've sent you the demo of that, which I sing, which is... It's slower and a whole different kind of production vibe. You're gonna stand up on your own feet Where there's will, there is always a way So tonight we take flight Over land, over sea Show them who we can be Like the life in your eyes You know we can achieve If we'd only believe Oh, oh, let's come together We got a lot of stick for doing that, by the way. I remember at the time, a lot of people were saying, how can you participate in Belarus when you know what's happening there? And this is why, but now, like, I know things are really crazy there now, but this is like, well, four years ago. And do you know, I'm going to be totally honest. I'm So I'm coming 33 in July, and I'm only getting into like politics. And I, I read the news every day, the BBC News app now. I didn't do that five years ago. I was too focused on like writing songs and having a laugh and Eurovision. And... At the time, I got so much people, so many people saying, how can you do that? How can you want to represent Belarus at Eurovision? And I just was like, what? I was like, I just want my song at Eurovision. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> and from that, I've really got really a lot more um, aware and probably for the best, actually, probably for the best, a lot more aware politically of what's going on. And I know it's not a polit- political contest, but there's times when you have to make, I think, I suppose you, you do have to make decisions on things. But yeah, so yes, I loved that was seeing that I was thinking about it. That was such a fun year of fun songs. Like, Aaron Brink's Hypnotized. 
uh, Let's Come Together by Napoli. It was all like fun and upbeat. Uh, I remember from my episode with Sandra Bjurman, the composer who has written several competing songs for Azerbaijan and mm-hmm. worn it all in 2011. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about what you said here before about Belarus. Because mm-hmm. she told us that she has been criticized for working with countries with oh, le- yeah. less than stellar pop- rep- reputation when it comes to democracy. But mm-hmm. have you tried to to send songs to Azerbaijan too? Yeah, I think I think if you ask any writer who is in the Eurovision circles, we all have. I mean, when these when these deadlines come out, you know, if you're you're reading Weebie blogs, you're reading ESC Bubble, whatever you're reading, okay, uh, you know, you're they all report on the you know. Oh, so today the, the the closing date or the application date is out for their songs. I can guarantee you that every single person that you've seen on a like accredited on a Eurovision song, I can guarantee you they're all sending a couple of songs over to be considered for that project or for that um, thing. But then, and yeah, and I have no problem with that. I mean, <sighs> I mean, what do you do? Do you just do I start getting? I'm, I'm talking here, like to the not to you. I'm talking to the universe here. What do I do? Do I start? Uh, going through each country and start looking at their current political status, their previous history, you know, and then start to decide on whether or not I want to my song to represent them at Eurovision. I'm just like, no, I'm not going to do that. And I'm not going to go that far down the line. That's kind of how I see it. And also one of my favorite Eurovision songs ever is from Azerbaijan, um, I Sell in Aras. Oh my God, what a tune. Yeah. You know, so, and I wasn't, when I, in 2009, I was, what, 18 or something? I wasn't thinking about Azerbaijan's human rights stuff when I was watching and listening to that song. I was just thinking, what a tune. So maybe maybe I'll get criticism for saying this. Maybe I'll get criticism for saying this. All I I know is I am more aware, but at the same time, I'm not going to get bogged down in it and let it become such a big issue. That's where I'm at at the minute anyway. I totally agree with you. Um, Did you send any songs to Effendi this year? Yes, I know her manager, so I sent her sent him some songs. Um, but again, she knew what she wanted. She wanted a, you know, she wanted a basically a remake of of Cleopatra, Matahar, which I love, by the way. Yeah. Um, but we didn't have anything like that really. And back in the day, we may, if we were told, okay, two weeks time is the deadline for a song for Effendi, we may have went, okay, guys, let's try and do this. But now we don't. Now we have a routine. Now I work solely with um, Will Taylor and Primoz Boglain. As I told you, we have a company called High Key Music. And our routine is we write and finish one song a week. And then what we do is we have a whole catalog of songs. And then when an artist is looking for a song, they will say, well, we kind of want something like this. Then we'll go, okay, let's have a look. And then we'll send them over. And then if they like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. So that's kind of how it works. Let's continue. And let's talk about the year. You had 10 songs in seven different countries. Stress, stress central. We stop here now when it's getting so exciting and end its first episode of two with a demo of flying that Boris Kovali withdrew from Moldova in 2014. The demo we're going to hear is sung by none other than Jakob Zweistrup, who participated for Denmark in 2005 with the song Talking To You. And by the way, the second episode with Michael James Down is already out. 